Okay, so you've just heard uh, The Gathering of the Clouds by Anathema, and uh, that's the first choice of my guest today, who stepped in at the last minute. So thanks, thanks, Martin. Uh, so uh, Martin from Phoenician and um, Playing Loud and a load of other stuff. <laughs> probably a load of bands we'll probably discuss later on from, from our youths. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Anathema, like... We saw these uh, Art Tangent last year, didn't we? Yes. And th- I know they're one of your favourite bands, so why did you pick that track in particular? Um, not too sure why I picked that in the particular okay. track. I mean, I'm familiar with all of Anathema's you know, discography back from when I first got into them. I think it was in the Fine Day to Exit album, which would have been maybe about 2000, 2001. Uh, and that will forever be my favourite album, but it's not one of them albums I'd just pick a random track off. Mm. That I feel represents Anathema the best because they're such a diverse more band. More as an album, to get, like all the songs together. On that one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure you know from knowing Anathema as well. Um, you could pick up a random playlist on YouTube, and it might be a really horrible '90s doom song, or it might be one of their kind of indie middle kind of songs, or it might be one of their you know more modern orchestral slash electronic slash whatever else they're doing at the time songs. And I just think that's a nice blend of. I don't know that that particular era of anathema. Um, I've just after listening to it there, we just realised there's not really a lot of drums in that yeah. in it. Um, it's just all orchestral and vocally and layered and twinkly guitars and yeah. it's just quite spiritual, isn't it? It's quite a nice um, sounds fresh. If yeah, that's, if that's yeah. a good way to describe it or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, my impressions of anathema over the years have been like either the heavy stuff like. That's that's been the stuff I've mainly listened to, but then I like I don't know about five or six years ago I really discovered like Find Day to Exit, mm. beautiful album. Oh it's yeah, that's like, that's my number one album of all yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, that one quite easily. Never have a band mellowed so much over time, I think, but it's still got quite dark. Yeah, source material, hasn't it? I mean, you can definitely tell they're still Anathema. Um, if there's anyone listening who know of Anathema but don't quite know the full thing, they started off as a really in your face I don't know horrible doom band in the early 90s or maybe even late 80s when I first did their mm-hmm. demos um, and then they've evolved but in about 2010 I want to say they did a album completely reworking songs off their first oh, album yeah. and two EPs yeah. uh, Falling Deeper <laughs> and it's amazing to hear that those songs you can still tell are the same songs but they're done like Softly or orchestrally and all that. Yeah. And you listen to the original one. You listen to that one side by side. And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. this is actually the same thing. I've always actually had that sense of melody, despite going dum dum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been there underneath somewhere. Yeah. 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 I think um, My Dying Bride did the same. I think it's, they've got a similar kind of story, haven't they? So they started off like very sort of rough, death metal in- influenced doom yeah. stuff, and then they went really orchestral and really kind of like. There's an album or two where it's mainly violin. Yeah, well, they did uh, the track C and Me, didn't they? Yeah. And then they they've done maybe point. three or four versions of it over yeah. the years, just kind of like updating here's, it. Here's this year's version, here's this year. Yeah. I think they even give it like Roman numerals. Yeah, so yeah, they do, yeah. The, the date. And again, one of them's all cellos and violins, isn't yeah. it? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Because again, the, the original song has had that early kind of 90s production, Gruff. which I love, like yeah. that, that kind of really. Bang, 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 kick drum and yeah. snares that sound like, you know, I don't know, <laughs> garbage cans with reverb on it or something. That was cool back then, though, wasn't it? That was the, mm. the way, like, death metal bands recorded as well. Yeah. Like, so it was yeah. like old obituary or 
even Carcass, I guess. Like, Carcass were a bit more well-produced in the end, but, like, early Carcass, I guess, has got that horrible... Yeah. Of, like, yeah, but yeah. still really amazing, like, sounding production. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've... A few times um, when I do my own music under the uh, title of Icarus, I, on my last album, I did one particular song, which just couldn't quite work out how to finish it so I added a basically a complete 90s doom tribute on the end down to the production of the drums and everything yeah <laughs> just because it was just good fun absolutely why not mm-hmm. um so how have Anathema like influenced you musically because that's kind of what we're talking about today really like where these tracks have, have sort of come into your musical I don't know repertoire you know like how, how have they sort of influenced what you've produced well, it's a very um, purposeful thing putting them on first because they are quite easily my uh, kind of largest influence overall. Um, it's a varying kinds of things, but again, the the heaviness of the early stuff, the ambience kind of all around, mm. uh, the melodic stuff, just again in the middle of the you know Anathema's kind of era and. It's just all of it, really. I've kind of grown up with them, so as my music tastes have grown up, they seem to have done exactly the same. And in terms of actually influence on my own stuff, they again, everything I write has a little twinge of anathema in it. Yeah. Uh, whether it's indirectly, kind of, or accidentally, a song title or a, a riff or a little kind of Ebo-y, <laughs> feedbacky guitar sound or something, there's always a bit of that in there. Do you realise, like, as you're writing something, oh, no, that's like... A bit anathema, or does it come? You like you notice after you like, oh, maybe maybe I've lifted half half. (laughs) There's there's two songs again, Icarus songs, which is my solo thing, where I have titled the songs the same as anathema songs accidentally, and then I've listened to the songs and the anathema song, and I'm like, oh, that's a little bit close. (laughs) Uh, I say not intentionally, but in just in the mood and the the somber feel I guess is the right word to say <laughs> I guess to a point like everyone does that though don't they like yeah. everyone has um, un- unknowingly lifted stuff that they listen to like throughout their like musical you can kind of chart like oh I was clearly listening to that band at this time Yeah. then yeah, I was yeah, listening yeah. to this then I got into death metal then I got into black <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and again we've been quite a Prolific, prolific—is that a word? Prolific. Prolific. There we yeah. go. Songwriter, like you know, my one of my jobs at the studio is just to write music with people, and quite often I will hear myself accidentally lifting things from what I've been listening to that week, and I just have to stop myself and go, no, 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 no. Let's <laughs> just go back and redo that. At least you know, you know, you're not kind of just. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like you're walking around and you'll have like a melody of something in your head, and you can't pinpoint it, and then. It goes, and then about a week later, that seems to come out of my fingers on a guitar or something. Yeah, and I'm like, oh no, that's from that thing I was listening to last week. <laughs> I can think of an instance where uh, I've been in a band, and um, Adam actually, Adam from Flatlands, when he sort of joined Throne uh, years ago, um, he wrote a riff, and I was like, I know that, I know that from somewhere, and I worked out on the way home. It was the theme tune from the X Men cartoon. <laughs> it was that that really cool riff. From the X-Men. Yeah, cartoon. yeah, I think I know what it is. So, yeah, yeah you yeah. kind of uh, made that into a sludriff somehow. <laughs> nice, it just nice. worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> So, um, yeah, we've got, uh, I think we've got about 40 minutes of music to go through tonight. So, 
Um, what's your next track? These are all surprises to me, by the way. Like normally, I kind of get a, a bit of a vetting and a bit of a, a listen to the ones before. So, but he only contacted me last night to do That's this. It, so. Yeah, so uh, seat of your pants style in, thing. Indeed, tonight. indeed. Uh, next, we have "Shock Me" by Baroness off the Purple album. Oh, good choice.
cool. That was uh, "Shock Me" by Baroness, and um, yeah, we've been talking off off air while we listened to that about um, what a sort of weird history that band have had because obviously they've they've gone through several lineup changes and stuff like that. But I gather you don't know about the accident they had. No, it's uh, say surprisingly, but consider I must have listened to that album once or twice every day, like last year. Yeah, um, I don't really know much about them. I mean, I don't want to sort of guess what happened, but I think they played a gig in Bristol about four year, four or five years ago, and on the way back, the van went out of control on a motorway, and it burst through some barriers, and then like loads and loads of trees. And most of them were like, no one died, but like, they were so lucky not to. It was like horrific. And like, those pictures of John Basie with, you know, stitches all down his chest and broken arms and ribs and. See, that story sounds familiar, but I'd have never have linked that to Baroness. The worst, the worst thing is like, um, he described it Mm. and he said it was like the. I think some of them were asleep or something like that. There's a really, really vivid account. I'm, I'm not going to read it out, but there's a really vivid account if you look online. Mm. It's, it's like you know the description of the glass breaking and the yeah, trees no, yeah, I've definitely read that stuff. actually. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I had no idea that was Baroness. So I think they took a long time. I don't know. If, I, I don't know even if they've been back to the UK. I presume they have, and I presume they've been back to the venue they played that night. Mm. But I don't know. I've not really kept up with them recently, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, fantastic band. I mean, I I've put them up at my house before. Really nice chaps. Um, <laughs> nice. I had to stop one of them from um, pretty much killing himself. He was like walking on a wall outside of my flat in Sheffield. And we were on the first floor, and he woke. He was walking along a, a single brick thin wall Oof. that was like, you know, like dodgy cement. Yeah, everywhere. yeah, yeah. And I was like. Please get down from there. You're gonna, you're gonna fall. He's like, oh no, it's cool. I'm, I'm really good at balancing. I was like, yeah, but the wall isn't. Like, so <laughs> yeah, get off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I love like uh, first, second, red, blue. Is it? Yeah. Is that the order? But I, I think by yellow, I think I'd kind of maybe got bored with the sound a little bit. But this is really interesting. I haven't heard this one. It's really interesting. So this is off purple, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I first got onto them uh, when Red came out, whenever that was. So I remember yeah. hearing it like fresh, probably reviewed in Metal Ammo Karanga or whatever that was. Like 2006 or something. Yeah, maybe. At that time. And uh, again, just listening to it loads. Um, and then just completely went off the radar um, with them. Well, I, I went off the radar with them, so yeah, to speak. Um, and then I remember when Purple came out, I was like, oh yeah, I remember these guys because yeah, it's Purple, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Um, and it was just great like I, it was just an album I listened to all the time or quite a lot should I say and then obviously I checked out the ones I'd missed like the green mm. and yellow EPs um, etc which again I knew some of the songs from maybe just hearing on I don't know wherever you hear songs these days on the, on the internet <laughs> this <laughs> um, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and then um, it's midway through 2017 uh, my life flipped around a little bit and for some reason like just straight away that album was just one that was in my head and I pretty much listened to it for every day uh, once or twice like between about mid 2017 to probably about late 2018 which I've now finally just you know laid it to rest and moved on to pick on other albums as you do sometimes yeah. you just yeah. pick up on things and listen to them all so the time so you on that one for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alongside the Anathema album I prior, prior mentioned oh, right, on the last right. track, uh, Find Day to Exit. Cool. 
Cool. Um, so Find A to Exit's pretty much always been my favourite album, and then Purple just jumped straight into number two yeah. place. Awesome. Um, I know it's you know, people have got different opinions about Baroness. Um, like you know, I've speak, spoken to some people who are like, oh no, Purple's terrible. Listen to Red or One and Two. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's the wonderful thing about music, isn't it? You know, subjective. Can, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, they've definitely like softened. I think that's that's probably the best way to describe it. So they were yeah. a little bit kind of on the sludgy side when they started a li- not sludge but maybe like heavier um, more metal-y influence yeah, yeah, but now yeah. it's almost like a, it's got that kind of sheen to it that like Death Heaven has you know it's that kind of yeah, nice yeah. production and um, quite dreamy sound yeah yeah, yeah. No, really on cool. Purple there certainly are a few tracks which are a bit more um, slow um, Chlorine and Wine is just a well you know I know that one yeah yeah, yeah. If, anyone just, if you've not heard that listen to it <laughs> But uh, yeah, like they've still got like the heaviness and the yeah. riffs and that same kind of like hardcore kind of shouting vocals. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they've just, I guess, got a bit more melodic, which again, the melody was always there with them. You listen to Grad off the Red album, mm. uh, and that's just like a proper relaxed kind of posty kind of vibe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I need to reconnect with this band, and I think this has probably triggered me thinking about listening to them a lot more. So yeah, cheers for that. Yeah, all good. Cool. And again, um, I've where my influences on this leave quite readily, but mm. on the, my last Icarus album, there's one track in particular which I didn't realise at the time. I mean, I wrote it around the same time, but when I've you know got some because I've produced it all myself, I've sent it over to a few people just to get opinions on the mix and stuff, and every one of them was went, "All right, you've been listening to Baroness much?" <laughs> <laughs> and strangely, sure? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, again, uh, with Regulus, my uh, band I play bass in, there's quite a lot of Baroness influence because we're all Baroness fans in that. And uh, maybe I've just pushed fat a little bit on them as well. <laughs> why, why not? Why yeah, not? Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's mention the bands you're in right now. So Regulus. Yes. You joined them about a year and a half ago? Two no, years. Longer than that. 2016. Wow. Summer 2016. Flies. Yeah. Right, okay. So yeah, you've done a few tours with them. Yeah, Did you yeah. record an album with them. Yeah, well? if I've recorded it, I recorded the album as well right, about okay. three months after I joined the band, right. <laughs> which Straight was a bit. Fire, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too much on that one actually, but yeah. Yeah, and you you play with um, old friends in Phoenician, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott, who helps run the studio with you, well, or co runs yeah, the studio both, with yeah, you. Yeah, we both. Yeah, co run it. Um, Joe, who uh, who lives in Hull. Yep, I imagine. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, the, the illustrious uh, Gummy Bear. And then Gummy Bear on vocals. So if for those of you who don't know, it's kind of like Stoner Rock, isn't it? Um, yeah. How do, how, do you, how do you differentiate between Phoenician and, and Regulus? How do you describe each band? Well, this this actually leads very nicely into the next choice oh, of song. Right. Um, so <laughs> I've listened to Stoner Rock for God knows how many years. It's kind of one of my favourite genres. Yeah. Um, so Phoenician formed me, Scott, Joe and Gummy Bear probably about 11, 12 years ago, I reckon, um, with the view to be like Caius Clutch and Orange Goblin, you know. But, uh, so, Phoenician, it's a bit more experimental and, um, I guess, proggy, because mm. I love prog. Yeah. <laughs> um, and funky, like, there's, yeah, there's quite a strange fun. mix of adding random disco riffs into Stone <laughs> Rock, which I, I definitely feels like a bit of an untapped market, because... Grooves and disco and stoner yeah. and stuff goes nicely, you know. I mean, I think Swedish bands are good at that. Swedish stoner rock's pretty good at sort of yeah. making that yeah. groove happen. But yeah, maybe the only the, the only disco style doom I can think of, 
or like Stone Rock is like cathedrals, questionable stuff like yeah, um, Midnight Mountain and <laughs> yeah. Oh, Midnight Magic, the flute one. Oh, God. Yeah, the less said about that, the better. Um, yeah, yeah. They've done a lot of good stuff and they've done a lot of shit as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, but I, yeah. I mean, that, that appeals to Scott as well, doesn't he? Because he, he likes a good funky kind of yeah, beat yeah. when he's I mean, as well. One thing, I mean, it's really difficult to gig with Phoenician because we do parts where we, you know, switch to clean guitars and do... Bits which really should sound out of place in Stoner Rock, rock but you know, it works. works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it works in my head anyway, so <laughs> screw everyone else. Um, and then Regulus, while well, we still do the more groovy, funky stuff, like it's just heavier, it's like heavier Stoner Rock. Yeah. Um, you know, Stoner Metal, I guess, or Stoner Doom. Um, yeah. I'd say it's like Stoner Metal, like from what I've seen and the, the way you guys like perform as well yeah well you saw us at the was it O2 in Sheffield yeah Doom versus Stoner yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably it's the last time I saw it for a uh, Stoner yeah. Rock band an hour <laughs> or, or to be fair like I've never seen anyone like not struggle with the hour because like Kurokuma had to do it and they only got told like five minutes before they went on stage like, oh really like, where are you doing an hour and they were like Okay. I remember we were in the dressing room drinking our, uh, I think it was a, a, a crate of 10 Tesco stubbies, you yeah. know, that you can buy for like £2.50. I gave the, each band one crate of that. Brilliant. So we were sat in our uh, dressing room, we were like, yeah, let's drink our loads of free beer. Uh, <laughs> listening to Kurokuma and the speakers in there. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how I differentiate with it. But um, so yeah, the next track... Considering I'm in two stoner rock bands, I really don't listen to an amazing amount of stoner rock anymore. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I gig I gig with stoner rock bands all the time, and I enjoy watching it. But if I'm at home listening to stoner rock on a CD or new stoner rock, it just won't really do much for me. Uh, maybe I've oversaturated it with myself. Yeah, we're the set. I mean, obviously, we say this on pretty much every podcast that me and Pete do, but we have listened to like a lifetime of stoner rock so it's got to be really good to catch yeah. our attention yeah yeah absolutely and um don't get me wrong like when i've been gigging with there's certain bands we've gigged with and it's just that you know it just blows you away yeah um absolutely. i can't think of any recent examples to be honest but you know what i mean just when you when you gig with a band and you just play and you watch them and it's like fuck man yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so that's about the only way i'll really get into new stuff recently um Stoner rock wise, anyway, mm. but um, so a classic track, oh, uh, a classic one of my okay. one of my favourite ones, um, Orange Goblin, yeah, which is a band. A few people have said to me in the past, like, "Oh, you're listening to Orange Goblin again? What do you do?" There's a reason I listen to them because they're fucking great. They're great, you know, yeah. absolutely. Um, so here's a eulogy for the damned from usually for <laughs> a eulogy for the damned. Okay.
Goblin there. Um, I don't think we've actually had any Orange Goblin on the podcast yet, so this is the first. Well, there we go. So it needed to be done, for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so that was a eulogy for The Damned. Just said a that, great track. <laughs> that right for the third or fourth time. A eulogy for The Damned. <laughs> but it's like, like, like you say, it's a bit of a proggy one, that one, isn't it? It kind of goes yeah. into like a really epic riff towards the end. Um, and you've said, you've, how many times have you seen them, though, do you reckon? Cause I, I think, oh, God. Like, it's in the tens. Oh, yeah, yeah, double figures. They're on clutch. Yeah. Um, but again, as, as many people have said to me, like, oh, are you going to see Orange Goblin again? Or are you listening to Orange Goblin again? They were a great band, so why wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, there's a reason why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember, like, when we were sort of, well, when I was, like, 17, 18, my brother used to just disappear to Rock City now and again to watch Orange Goblin again. Yeah, and I'll be with him. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it just seemed like a, a bit of a cult of Orange Goblin. And I was into the first few albums, and then, I, I don't know, I just kind of drifted away and found other bands. Because I'm always on the lookout for new stuff, and I don't tend to focus on the same things now, you know, for very long. So yeah. to see, stick with a band for this long is quite interesting for me. Yeah, well, see, then, there's, again, there's a few choices on, on my playlist today um, that I've got into recently because I've seemed to be discovering a lot more music or new music recently just through like things like Spotify radio yeah um, and I'll, I'll literally like I can sit at home and listen to a, five different albums a night for a month and not repeat it yeah. and then suddenly like go on my Spotify and go oh right what, oh what's that oh what's this oh what's that what's this you yeah, know all the suggestions and yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite well curated to be honest I mean I found some really good stuff through it but um and it, it often took you new releases you didn't even know the band were releasing yeah, yeah yeah you get notifications I've, I've, I've fully embraced Spotify in the past maybe a year or so definitely yeah. the last six months um I got a notification on the I think it's the 8th of January saying I've already listened to 2,000 minutes worth <laughs> this year I was like oh okay um, achievement unlocked yeah yeah, yeah pretty much it's just me and the missus just leave it on at home pretty much and cast it from our phones to whatever room yeah. etc Absolutely, yeah. it, it's it's bad if uh, you're in a couple and you don't have the same music taste because then you end up with a completely skewed spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, my girlfriend Linda is like into musicals and Ooh. indie stuff, so I don't mind the indie stuff and I, I don't mind the suggestions it throws up for that. But it's like, hey, you should totally listen to the Annie soundtrack. It's like, nah, I'm alright. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. And that's nice. next to like some death metal. It's quite funny. It's like you listen to Napalm Death. You listen to. Uh, the Book of Mormon soundtrack <laughs> like well I didn't but yeah okay yeah thankfully yeah. me and Vic are quite on the same page of, uh, <laughs> especially home music I, yeah. I, I always think I've got like a different music taste when I'm at home or when I'm in the car or when I'm at work or when I'm out kind of thing yeah you know possibly I mean? yeah um, so yeah but uh, again on, on my Spotify kind of suggestions sometimes it'll come up with things like Britney Spears yeah because if I'm if I'm at work for example and I've got Spotify on my screen and I'll notice that Vic's put something up on the PlayStation at home. It's nothing wrong with a little. Uh, it's like freeping in the modern uh, day into yeah. it. like just yeah. put on Britney Spears and cast it to their <laughs> device, and there they are dancing to Britney Spears. <laughs> that has happened a few times to me, especially like if I go to the gym and I'm listening to like some like hardcore or something, or some converge or something like that to like get in the mood. And then all of a sudden, I get like um, the sound of music. <laughs> like, what is this? And there's almost like a little fight between whoever's listening to it at the time. Uh, yeah, I usually just go back to my saved songs where I just sort of ignore it. Yeah. Try and, yeah, yeah. Try and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
we were talking about Orange Goblin, so like I know their first three albums really, really well, and they seem to have been playing like and developing over the last twenty years to be this like like metal festival headliner, and they're just a reliable headliner now, aren't they? They're yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I mean, Doom versus Stoner events in Sheffield, we've been talking about. I mean, they're not the best events in the world, but... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying anything, keep in mind, a company <laughs> that runs them are our record label for regulars. <laughs> but I'm sure that statement says enough. <laughs> um, yeah, it, as you say, they're, they're just a very reliable... I mean, they, they tour all the time. I think it was only around maybe the time of Eulogy for the Damned, which I think was 2012, mm. um, where they basically they said they'd just quit their jobs and they're doing it full-time now. See that's awesome. Like it's so hard to make a living as a musician. Yeah, so as, as, especially as a performing musician. Yeah. yeah, to play this kind of music as well and still make money off it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So well, I have no idea what they did. There's jobs before and all that, but you know uh, they must have yeah, been very forgiving on their schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean because they've been they're, they're like a road band, aren't they? They've been on like everywhere. Yeah, they've been to the states loads. I, I seem to remember. Um, I'm not sure if it was like an Orange Goblin Electric Wizard tour that was like notorious for just ruin. <laughs> I, I think I think I remember reading about it in Koran and I was like, what I can are these imagine doing. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean they used to be fa- they probably still are famous for drinking. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Metal Hammer once took them to the pub and gave them a free bar. Right, and it just oh, descended yeah. into madness. Yeah, like, they were talking about music and they just like the actual like. Article just descends into absolute nonsense and just sort of <laughs> peters out to nothing. Is it is it comparable to the secret track of one of the albums where it's Ben ringing one of them on a, and is left them a voicemail? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, I think one of the things I always respect about Goblin as well is that they always stick around in the audience and drink beer and watch the other bands and just they're always in the venue. Like the amount of times I've met them just from. Being in the venue, if you yeah. know what I mean. Um, at last year's Doom vs. Stoner, we were sharing a locker room with them. Uh, locker room. <laughs> suddenly gone into wrestling. Um, uh, so you all took a shower together? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, no, uh, but we were there and we had to be out, you know, maybe an hour after we played to let Orange Goblin in. So obviously, being Goblin fans, we just took our time yeah. and um, had a chat with them. But then, you know, it's kind of one of those bands where you don't really need to kind of do that to have a conversation with them because they'll just be at the bar buying beer with the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's... Um, it, it's always a good sign when bands are down to earth like that, especially because they could just be up themselves. They could. They yeah. could just like be like, well, you know, we've made our money with... We've got enough albums out of yeah, whatever. But yeah, they're still sticking out and they're sort of true to themselves. I think I'd yeah, quite, I quite the, respect that. There's the absolutely um, the best bit of advice I think I ever got for you know in the music industry is when I was at uni was just basically be a nice person and yeah. you will get work. It's um, not hard, is it? No, exactly. <laughs> and the Goblin are, are fucking nice people, and they they've they're still doing it. Simple as. If they were assholes, people probably wouldn't book them back, would they? True. Yeah, yeah, you can burn bridges quite easily in music. I, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Oh, we all know the horror stories. I mean, even on a local level, you know, like around Lincoln, mm. won't make any, uh, you know, say any names or anything. But there's random dramas from bands who shouldn't be making random dramas, if you know what I mean. Local music is brilliant for drama and talking shit to people, and, <laughs> and that, isn't it? So banter, mate, banter. Yeah, just just steer, steer clear of it. I mean, if I've ever come in, into contact with any of it, I've just been like, do you know what? 
I've got enough going on in my my own life. I don't need like imagined bullshit yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll maybe talk about the Lincoln scene in a minute because that's it's gone quite interesting recently. I think. Hmm. Um, yeah. So what's your next uh, choice? Uh, one you'll appreciate, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the song, but it, it's probably the more kind of uh, lively song of the lot. All <laughs> oh, right. Uh, a band known for their misery, National. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the system only dreams in total darkness. Grim.
was The National with a song from about 2017 we've ascertained uh, called The Sister Many Dreams in Total Darkness. And we've actually found out this is actually on FIFA 18. <laughs> I mean, neither of us play football no, games, no. I don't think. Um, so that's, that's news to us. I don't quite know how they've managed to do that because, I mean, normally the FIFA songs are quite upbeat or dance music or whatever, but maybe... They've released one every year for the past 20 years or whatever, so... Probably running out, running out of out songs of ideas. Though, yeah. I mean, I remember Song 2 from Road to the World Cup 98. That's that's my last time I played a proper FIFA game. Yeah. Or maybe FIFA 99 where they had uh, Fatboy Slim on it. That's that's the uh, last one I remember. I Dennis Bergkamp on the, on the front cover. I think the only... I think this was a managing game as well, a Premier Manager 97 or something. God. On the Mega Drive, I think it was. Jeez. And I remember that because uh, I think me and my brother got two Mega Drive games for Christmas that year. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe it wouldn't have been 97. But anyway, um, and we found out where my parents were hiding it before Christmas and kept going and getting the game. So I was there to play on Premier Manager. That's probably the last <laughs> game I ever. <laughs> <laughs> football game I've ever been bothered about yeah. my brother definitely killed it for me after that <laughs> yeah I, I remember yeah so t- for a bit of context I, I went to school with Martin's brother Andrew and um, I went to school with Michael's brother Thomas yeah <laughs> which is yeah and weirdly we've ended up being friends like over time so yeah think weird how things work out but I remember him and his friends playing uh, like whatever it was football manager was the, the game wasn't it yeah, it was yeah, like a, yeah. for my brother just to uh, yeah. green cover <laughs> definitely not for me yeah and they used to talk about getting you know Peterborough to Europe and stuff like that yeah. anyway the national <laughs> yeah. yeah segue back to the national um, so yeah I, I, I love this band and I think um, me you and um, Lurch from Tiger Warsaw are big fans like I didn't know Lurch was actually oh, I don't think massive, I've ever had the yeah, conversation with him see them a few times oh, yeah, see again it's a band I've never seen live I've watched them actually quite yeah. rare I'll watch concerts on YouTube but I remember watching I think they were doing like Sydney in Australia mm-hmm. and some outdoor stage uh, just popped up on YouTube one day and I watched the entire thing and it was great so I just maybe yeah. just kept watching it <laughs> I think that that would be a really good one to watch in the dark on a Sunday night or something, yeah, a bit of whiskey or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I remember seeing them with Jules Holland a few times, and they've mm. always been haunting. And you know, you can't. I mean, talking about this band, you you can't help but like go into cliche about them, really. And this is quite unusual for the Nine Hertz podcast to play something so pop. But they're dark. They are dark, and they yeah. are heavy, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. are. Uh, I mean that particular song. As uh, you say, you weren't too familiar with that one before. I wasn't. No, it. but it's quite upbeat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they very much aren't normally an upbeat band, no. are they? Um, but <laughs> it's music to cry to, or to drink to, or to um, think about serious things to, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but he's got uh, such a way with words and Absolutely. mood. Like yeah. I don't know if it's just because he's got that kind of low voice. Uh, that he sings most of the time, but uh, yeah, he's just got such a mood and yeah, just yeah. there's just no other way to describe it really. I mean, easy comparisons are like Joy Division, um, Nick Cave, um, probably like Tinder Sticks, like eighties kind of like alt pop sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but they they've taken that kind of miserable, not miserable, but like downtrodden kind of sound and really run with it, and they've made it well produced and appealing to a mass market which is great but they're still fantastic yeah absolutely absolutely. again I see a bit of similarities between anathema and them as well yeah so maybe that's another thing that tweaked me onto it 
Um, and I, t- I think I actually first found out about it on National, probably as a lot of other people did. They did a song on Game of Thrones, didn't they? Oh, did they? Right, they I've did. not watched Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. It's weird okay. people that's not seen Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, despite the fact that I know I'd love them. Yeah, okay. I just never sat down and watched yeah, them. Yeah, it happens, so. doesn't it? It happens. Yeah. If, uh, the amount of people that's told me to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I've still never done it, and I don't think I'll ever get around to it purely for that reason. Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I can't recommend that show enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's how everyone says, but it's just sometimes yeah. you just miss out on things, don't you? Absolutely, you've just got to make time, I think. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's so, there's so much telly on these days, you can't kind of possibly yeah. see it. Yeah. Same with music, I mean, we, we get sent so much stuff, we can't possibly listen to everything. So what we've found is listening to other podcasts, top 10s or top 20s of the year, throws up new ones for us to put into our top 10s yeah, and top 20s. Yeah, yeah. And like we've played music in the new release podcast this year that sort of are from last year and because they're only because they're new to us and it's like it's yeah see, almost too much music these days well whenever people go on about i mean you know we've all got friends on facebook and stuff who do like big lists at the end of two you know at the end of the year like oh 20 albums i got into or from this year but i always do it by 20 albums i've got into this year like That's whether better, they're back it? from a decade or whatever <laughs> yeah. because you know it's i mean I, I still remember like certain ones i got into i don't know years ago that were again old. I think mm. Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin was one of the yeah. uh, highest ones a couple of years ago for me, just because I'd listened to it all the time constantly. Yeah, I mean, I I discovered some later Sabbath albums a few years ago, and I was like, why haven't I never gone past the first five or six? I mean, to be fair, the first five or six are amazing, mm-hmm. but yeah, I found a few later ones, and I was like, actually, this is pretty good. Like, despite what people say, yeah, you know. Yeah. Same with Maiden. I mean, I think I've kind of. Oh, don't get me started on Maiden. <laughs> we rediscovered some of their albums like last year because someone did a podcast on um, the debut, and I'd never really listened to Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden properly. Oh, that's one of the best ones, and it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Different, but, like, completely different. Isn't hearing it? it in detail and then thinking, oh, do you know what? I've not listened to many out. There's like ones I've missed out or just not heard. So yeah, I mean, well, Maiden's been one so of my favourite bands for years, and there are still a couple of albums I'm not awfully familiar with. Yeah, I mean, seventeen or something, isn't there something like that? Which, yeah, it's, there's a good amount. I can yeah. tell you how many. Yeah. yeah. So it's going back and just finding because I think some are better than others, and you've yeah. got kind of yeah. some hits just appear on their own in albums of like middling, you know, album filler kind of material. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fine. As we were talking about, I think it was when Orange Goblin were on. Um, Orange Goblin and one of them bands along with Iron Maiden where I kind of listen to an album really get into it a next album comes out and I don't really listen to it as much as I should do and then by the time the album after that comes out I really get into that one again yeah yeah, yeah I've yeah. definitely been like that with a few bands yeah, yeah. yeah. Clutch I do the same with them as well mm. yeah. so are you familiar with all of the Nationals albums or is it just like this one that came out in 2017. No, no, past couple of albums. I don't know if I'm awfully familiar with the first couple of ones. Um, I can't. I've got no internet connection on my phone at the moment. But yeah, um, maybe not the first one or two, but definitely the you know everyone since. Um, what was the one before that? Was it Trouble Will Find Me? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Um, there's a couple of tracks off there um, that I. You know, that learn on acoustic guitar and sing along. That will never, you know, be played in public or anything like right. that. But um, you know, just really nice misery songs as you get. I mean, they've been going for quite a while now, haven't they? I mean, it's probably come up to about twenty years. And I think they're one of those bands that I always just heard the name of, 
and I was like, I ought, I ought to check them out. And people were talking about them for years and years, and warm festivals. And and then when I find, I think I started this to six music mm-hmm. about about five or six years ago, maybe longer. And they they love the national. Yeah, so yeah, I've heard that actually. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just kind of really impressed me. So, yeah, that's an interesting kind of uh, curveball to throw us on the on the podcast. I like that. Yeah, good. very nice. So, um, what's your next choice? My next choice is "Big Thinks Do Remarkable" by Ansoa Watchy from Afar.
So yeah, I mean, we've been talking off air about this band and how good they are live. But I think that's the best way to sort of experience them. But that track, I've I've just sat on headphones a few times and while I've been walking around and it just elevates any situation you're in. Yeah, yeah, it's just very like, euphoric, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a word I've used to describe them just in general. Well, seeing them at Arc Tangent this year was the first time I saw them and, yeah. you know, what it's like, first day at a festival, uh, you know, you're slightly uh, less sound of mind than you would be on a normal uh, yeah. first day. <laughs> and, oh my God, it was just so good. Um like again euphoric yeah they they had a really big lighting kind of board on stage didn't they yeah it was like pretty much pointed at the audience yeah and the sound was incredible yeah so it was a real experience like real really sort of like yeah intense is just the word i mean yeah yeah i've seen them at tangent like maybe three times i think they're kind of like the house band of our tangent really now um so it's nice to like i hadn't been in a few years and like coming back to the same festival site looks exactly the same as it did years ago and and so obviously from afar we're playing it again so <laughs> yeah it's great yeah. but the first arc tangent me and ari and a few others went to the first ever arc tangent in like 2013 or 14 and they played just as the sun was going down oh, nice. perfect um and i didn't think that could be beat but yeah the last the last time i saw them was yeah, just yeah. and they played for ages i seem to remember yeah, um, well at the first standard kind of headline sort of an hour to an hour and a half i think yeah. wasn't it? but again it worked man and they did the full album the most recent they album did. Didn't they? they did yeah yeah i think it was it was very intense um to the point where um I question how long they could keep playing. Oh, <laughs> I, like, I, I was in the right frame of mind really? for that then. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, amazing band. I mean, um, if you've not delved into their back catalogue, it's pretty it, It's pretty standard. Like, it's, that's that's a good example of what they sound like. Yeah, it's like, almost yeah. like a world music influence. Like, it's really just fun cool. music, in it? Yeah. Fun music. There's no, never a dull moment. And again, from instrumentals, uh, from a uh, mainly instrumental band, uh, just being able to keep that much attention. Uh, I, I actually, I'll make an admission here. Uh, when I was doing my playlist, I put the wrong song on it, uh, thinking it was that that song you just heard, mm. the Big Things Do Remarkable, because you know instrumental songs are just quite hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's an album you put on and you just let play and yeah, you so just yeah. I think the experience. Only, I think the only memorable songs. Um, that are instrumental the Mogwai songs because they call them stupid titles <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, or um, Explosions in the Sky where it's about five paragraphs to get to the yeah, end of the yeah. Yeah, song Red, title Red Sparrows are the same aren't they they kind of mm. put like really really long like almost like a story on each song Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which I think works as well but yeah just yeah if you've not heard that band before then that's that must be a treat because they're just yeah Really fun. Yeah, I mean, I I knew them. Obviously, I'd I'd listened to them, etc. Before Arc Tangent, but my overriding memory of Arc Tangent and the weeks after is just having the sun. The sun is in my eyes. You know, round and round in my head. It's not being able to get enough of it. And it's great when when you, especially when you see live music, and you just get left with that feeling of, Mm. oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely get that feeling from this band every time I see them. So Mm. yeah, I don't think I'd ever get bored really. Yeah, that's cool. So what's your next choice? Is it similar or is it completely Um, different? Well, again, so I've been trying to kind of, uh, what's the word, pick songs on this playlist that, uh, again, have influenced me or, you know, bands that have influenced me in different times, kind of Mm. not chronologically or anything like that, but... um, Just in general. Yeah, like, you know, if I could 
pick a few things and I'm going to go for one that's a bit more um, that you know a, a mates band I'm sure mm. people have done that plenty of times on this uh, we have Battalions God's Country oh fantastic is this the album last from last year uh, no uh, that's Forever Marching Backwards this was Moonburn That was uh, Battalions with God's Country, spelt in the um, rude way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so these these are your mates, aren't they? Um, are they from Hull? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Hull. Yeah, Hull. Um, kind of, I, I don't know how to describe them, though, because like, I think they always get sort of called sludge or 
doom or whatever. But what do you say about this? Because it's got a bit of a groove to this one. We yeah, it's a bit like well, ACDC, this <laughs> well, that's the reason I said that when we were listening to it. I think uh, Mott the drummer described it as their ACDC song. <laughs> Um, and it's just a wicked little riff. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. Cool. I, 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 if I understand it right from what they've said, it's just one of them songs that just fell into place really quickly <laughs> when they were writing it. Um, and it's it's a bit of a ongoing kind of uh, thing between uh, me and another the mates. Like, cause I think we saw them at uh, Bloodstock, uh, whatever year they played, two thousand and seventeen, I think. Mm. And you know, I just kept playing in God's Country before, and um, and then we played it live. And every so often, people just go. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> just hum the riff, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they're a great band. I'd, I'd, yeah, probably I'd say Sludge, but I mean, that term to me has always been a little bit. Um, I don't know what the word is. It's been it can be reductive, can't it? Like, yeah, um, I think that that to me sounds like sort of sludged up kind of rock and roll. Like it just sounds really yeah. cool. I'm glad you didn't go. use the term sleazy rock and roll. There is no, no worse term. No. <laughs> no, I just think of like Wasp and bands from the 80s. Yeah, think yeah of people sleaze. with far too much hairspray, which yeah. uh, I would probably pay to see uh, Dennett from Battalions in a wig with loads of hairspray <laughs> and makeup on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it did sludge into, um, especially the more kind of typical tracks by them. But um, they've, they've just got a thing about them, those guys, where they're just a lot more enticing than what I'd call a standard kind of sludge band. Um, I couldn't tell you what it is exactly, but yeah, I think they've they've got a bit of that. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of the what they call like southern southern metal or southern kind of sludge. But yeah, they've got a little hint of that, haven't they? Like countryish, not country, but kind of like. Southern fried kind of a bit of, of a groove to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah There's a lot yeah. of bad bands that that use that sound, and it's really easy it's, to do. Yeah, it's it's that kind of like very straight, heavy kind of yeah. groove into. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that kind of bluesy kind of swagger. To yeah, it, I think that's what I'm getting at. And constantly with Phil screaming in your face. Yeah, yeah that's that's where it changes. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where it becomes interesting for me. Yeah, like, yeah, I love a good uh, love a good sort of screamy vocalist, and yeah, he definitely ticks all the boxes there. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think behind Ben Ward from Orange Goblin, and I think Gary Harkin from uh, Ten Foot Wizard, they have the ble- uh, the best placed fuck in any song as well. <laughs> <laughs> you got to judge a band by how well they say fuck. You know, <laughs> um, I can't think of any that that say that now, right now. It's bad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you think on that and get back to me about that. I prefer um, uh, a little uh, death grunt, you know, like um, <laughs> or like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, being uh, being old school black metal fans as uh, we both are. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've recorded a black metal song together. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, that's your brother wrote in his teens for his 30th birthday, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> or was it about three days before I uh, gave you a call? Mike, uh, we've recorded your, your brother's black metal song. We wanted to come scream over it. Yeah, and then it descended into silliness. It was like, I don't know what we were Sequence trumpets. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Sequence yeah. trumpets. Um, group vocals. Yeah, yeah. Group King Diamond style vocals, yeah. I don't think it will see the light of day. Uh, we might link it on the um, on the podcast. It's, it's on YouTube. YouTube it? It's on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, we'll yeah. link it on the um, podcast description. But um, Hursk, yeah. Forest yeah. of the Ancients. Forest of the Ancients. If you want to look it up, 
Um, I, w- I would say it's probably one of your most uh, silly pieces of work, but it, I've heard the slow blade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had actual trumpets on that one. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's another league, I think. But um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the silliest thing I've ever recorded. That most I've laughed in a studio. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. Fair. Um, we managed to clear a pub with the uh, live debut of it. I think we went to the, the King Billy the in, kid, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Nottingham and uh, played it for my brother on his birthday, and. Uh, Everyone else was loving it. Everyone else in the pub left. <laughs> yeah. It was like a beer garden. <laughs> Everyone thought, no, don't listen to Norway, to... an eight-minute, whatever it is, <laughs> black metal song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, battalions seem to, looping it back to battalions, they, they seem to play a lot of gigs. They seem to be on the road quite Yeah, a yeah, they're a busy bunch. Uh, and they have an album out last year. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go next. Um, do you know if we've got any plans to record again or... Are they just well, sort of like selling this album? Yeah, I think I'm trying to think when they released the album. It was only maybe a few months ago. Um, but they, they just crack on and gig and write and gig and write and obviously record when time is due. I think Moonburn was only 2017, uh, maybe 16, ah, some time ago. But uh, yeah, they're pr- prolific uh, songwriters and giggers. So, in fact, we've got them coming to Lincoln on, I think it's May the 26th, Bank Holiday. Um, for our yearly playing aloud, everything got fuzzier. Uh, gig <laughs> is that the May Bank Holiday? Yeah, May the twenty sixth. Yeah, I've yeah. still never made it to um, one of these Bank Holiday ones because I'm always away. Yeah, I'm always doing something different. But yeah, yeah, this is probably a good sort of juncture to talk about Lincoln and how it's how it's sort of um, changed in the last sort of five or six years. Because I mean, how long have you been running playing aloud now? Uh, we'll be entering our seventh year of business in about uh, well, mid-February. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, before that, would you say Lincoln was struggling in terms of a live sort of scene, or was it just kind of like different a different kind of music? Because you guys put on a, is it a monthly um, gig these days? Yeah, yeah, but we, we do extra bits as well, but yeah, yeah we, we do like a monthly showcase, so to speak. Um, yeah, well... When we started the studio, as I say, almost six, seven years ago, whatever it was, um, there wasn't really a massively, uh, I don't know what's the word, um, welcoming venue mm. uh, yeah. around town. Obviously, you yeah. get the, the engine shed and stuff, but they don't really touch local things, do they, sadly? Mm. Um, and I think maybe around that time was when SCY was about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is now... Um, the Rogue Saint. The Rogue Saint, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any other venues around that time. The Falcon slash Liquor wasn't there. Uh, the Duke of Wellington had already closed down by yeah. then. People were playing um, maybe that university venue on the Brayford for a little bit. Oh, the, well, the Swan now yeah. and the Library Bar as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really struggling to think of any of them. I'm sure there were more. Um, not one that people congregated at as a as a main venue though. I think yeah, it was a yeah, bit of a, yeah. almost like a homeless kind of scene at, at the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. There was there was bands, but there wasn't much in the way of places to play. I think probably like the horse and groom when that closed. Yeah, horse and a, groom as well. Yeah, there was a bit of a gap, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, so now you you do these gigs at the Jolly Brewer in town. Um, opposite our old haunt, the um, Duke of Wellington, which is now going to be someone's office. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. Of a shame. Although it's fair enough, um, apparently the people who are redeveloping it have asked for all the old posters and stuff like that, so they can make oh, a little fantastic. tribute to the old venue. Yeah, which is good for people to actually uh, think of that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a nice bit of heritage that place. So, 
Yeah, so I mean, Lincoln's in, in a really healthy state now. There's like loads of decent bands, there's loads of decent venues. You know, I think it's probably the best it's been for years at the moment. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. probably for, since um, UK days, as we say. Yeah, I mean, th- there's, there's like a, a good variety of bands as well. I mean, if you like indie, you can go and see indie bands. If you like horrible punk music, you can go and watch the Fenland Hardcore stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're into, you know, the Stoner Rock or you know, proggy stuff, you can go and watch a, a playing a loud gig at the brewer. So, yeah, I think scenes obviously come in waves, but I think we've got quite a few going on at the, at the time, mm. at the same time now in Lincoln, so I'm, I'm really pleased to sort of be back in the city, like, while it's happening. Yeah, yeah. I also um, think there's, there's more people willing to put on gigs and, you know, take that hit as a promoter, so to speak, because, um, you know, as yourself, it can be a bit taxing being a promoter, can't you, sometimes? Yeah, and it can feel like you're on your own a little bit, but if you've got other people you can lean on, then it's it just feels that much better, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially if you can combine shows and you can do, like, slightly unusual lineups and chuck three bands together that wouldn't ever play together. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty cool. For I mean, me. how we tend to work it down the studio is we'll try and kind of, uh, you know, we, we want to be kind of a bit more of a homegrown kind of, Things, so putting on the local bands. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some bands who come down the studio are absolutely fantastic, and let's never get out of a gig. Yeah. Um, I've, well, I can segue one into another song on my playlist here, but I'll take. I'm going to use your cat as a landmine, for example. Mm. Have you seen them? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, great band, but yeah. sadly they're this never gig. Um, yeah. You know, people have lives and stuff, and they do do it for fun and all that mainly. But um, it's, yeah, it's just a shame when you see things. So every, I'll try all my opportunities to get these bands that you know yeah, yeah out on the, on the road and often like it's a band's first gig isn't it when they play or they'll be trying out new stuff at these gigs yeah because I mean yeah. I've seen a band where the singer sort of announced I think it was your last gig actually when the singer just oh yeah this is like my first gig with the band and it's going pretty well I think and it's fantastic <laughs> I mean it wasn't the busiest gig in the world that, that night but it was just a really good atmosphere yeah and like yeah. really good um way to showcase bands that are from the area yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely shout out to uh, Jolly Brewer for letting us uh, rock yeah. us on all the time there as and well do you know what I every time I go in the Jolly Brewer I'm pleased it's there because like used to go back you know 20 years ago used to go and drink in there um, and it's still going strong it's yeah. still an amazing pub um, were, were you legal to drink 20 years ago I Michael I don't know <laughs> just thinking about it yeah I don't know um, but yeah I mean yeah, it feels like a community down there and yeah, people. Should, if you're from Lincoln, you listen to this, then you should definitely be there. If you're not, then I don't know why not. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, even outside of the brewery, there's plenty of places that are, you know. Do, I mean, Lincoln's always suffered, apart from the bivouac. Um, again, shout out to Steve Hawkins. Yeah, Steve <laughs> a few Hawkins classes of that chap in the back. He's responsible for a lot of Lincoln still going. I think you know, like I think he inspired a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was great back in the day. Um, again, especially through. Um, you know, looking back now, because he was a promoter at a venue who ran the booking, the sound, etc. You know, he was responsible solely for bringing people into that venue and bands into that venue. Whereas one of the problems I'm sure other cities do, I think Sheffield has a similar kind of problem. There's not a lot of in-house promoters in venues these days, is there? No, it's a rarity, I think. Um, It's kind of like you get a blank canvas to use and just kind of you're left to your own devices which is the scene I mean it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing because you've seen the rise of DIY venues you've seen the rise of these really unusual squat venues you know like there's Audacious which is now known as Hatch there's uh, Record Junkie there's yeah. um, 
you know, the, the little hole which has closed down, but I think they're opening up another one mm-hmm. at some point. And that's great, but then also you've got like little venues in Sheffield that have just kind of sprang up as pubs with function rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so, we did the regular album launch at the it was the upstairs at the Shakespeare. Yeah. Which is a great pub that I never realised had a yeah. you know, venue room up there. It was it, it reminded me loads of the Duke as well. That, it that is venue. it's the same looking sort of room, isn't yeah. it? Like a long, yeah. thin um yeah, it's great, great little venue. Yeah. Same with the um Riverside as well. That's yeah. around the corner. Yeah, that's that's where we used to practice. Near where we used to practice as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, that kind of show. I mean, that's a band that's playing Lincoln soon. Um, but if you check the listings, there'll be a band at least every month that you'll sort of have to sort of yeah. investigate. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, fair play. Um, yeah. So yeah, have you have you got another song you want to play? Uh, yeah, I think uh, again I've. I made a big playlist because remember I got a whole day uh, uh, Day's notice on this. But I think this will probably round it up quite nicely. Oops, oh, don't play it on my phone. Um, a local band who don't get out and gig enough, who really shook us, they're fucking awesome, Tiger Warsaw. Oh, Tiger Warsaw. And um, by, uh, again, as we were saying earlier about song titles, now, I think this was pretty much when I got an iPod like, back <laughs> in the day. Yeah, well, if you had a CD, you'd look at the titles, you'd look at the running order and stuff like that, you'd read the booklet, iPod, you press play and stick in your pocket. Yeah. I didn't realise this uh, track was named this track until I oh, found right. it on the album. Okay. I've always known it as number two off four. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, so, Rich's Dog in Town by Tiger Warsaw. Oh, that's a good one.
this is a band that's very easy to talk about because I think we were just saying like um, I think this is the the band I've seen play most ever in my life. I think I've seen them more than 20, 30 times just because I've put them on at least 10 times in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. I've seen them play other gigs for other people in Sheffield. I've seen them play in Lincoln about 20 times. And I, was, I was about to say, I think me and Scott probably put them on about 10 times as well. Yeah, and it's always it's always good. Um, they're much better than they think as well, and they should have gone out on tour sooner, and they're brilliant. And they'll hate me for saying it, because they, they're really modest, and they think they're shit, and they're not. Yeah, uh, exactly, like really. exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, they, 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 especially from a, from a songwriting perspective, I really love the way they just do what they want. Yeah. Like, I find a lot of bands kind of pigeonhole themselves into, we are a post-band, we are a trashy band, we are what, 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 what. Yeah, um, it's but, definitely been interesting to see how they've changed over the years as well, because they used to be a little bit more, like, straight-up, kind of, like, dirty, kind of rock yeah, yeah. music. But, you know, you know, Dean... Um, ever since Stabbing Autumn Days he's loved um, Planes for the Sake of the Stars and he's got that kind of like swagger to it it's never really left but the last few records have just been mad because they don't care what people think yeah. of them yeah exactly and they just record what's fun to them well for, for that album's a great album yeah. a, a example because it's got like the twinkly posty stuff yeah and then it's got the more upbeat kind of is it ones. the one with the disco bit on it as well there's like one song which is like a sort of like a dance beat like the yeah 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 yeah. Um, I can't think again. I, I didn't realise what song titles these actually were. In fact, um, this is a CD. I got I got the CD and it's just been on repeat in my car and I lost a case years ago. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, that's why I never know the titles. <laughs> See, I mean, they they formed around the time of um, they were a bit older than Phoenicians. So I think it's about eleven, twelve years. Yeah, I, th- I think they formed around two thousand and six because Flatlands were going, and then. T- uh, Stabbed in Autumn split up and then um, Tiger Warsaw started and it was originally just three of them and then eventually when um, you know Adam became a bit more pally with Dean and started playing in that band as well I thought it was always inevitable that Adam was going to join them because they're just good mates and everything mm-hmm. so it's been really awesome to see Adam really flourish in that band as well and yeah I think it, it brought a whole lot more to that band as well as a three-piece, they were good, but with Adam backing it up, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 they're amazing. Uh, I mean, I don't clearly remember seeing them when they're a three-piece. I definitely did quite a few times, mm. but you know, like that was that was years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've slept a lot since then. Jeez, yeah. I mean, I think they're on. There must be fourteen years this year, because I think I remember going to their tenth anniversary gig a few years ago. And they were selling tapes of like rarities. Yeah. I think I've got the tapes. Of I, you know, I'm sure because I, I, I put them on this last Saturday at the Brewer, and I'm sure I had this conversation with one of them. But again, you know, I was a few points in by yeah. that point, so you yeah. know, <laughs> forgive my personality. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I don't think. I, I mean, as as messy as some of their gigs can be, I don't think I've ever seen a, a more drunken performance than Stabbed in Autumn, which was uh, <laughs> Dean and Ted's old band. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think they had a guitarist called Harry at one point who's gone on to do other things. He's He's been like quite popular at one point. Um, I remember him taking off his guitar in the Duke of Wellington while they were playing, 
running to the back wall, slapping the back wall and running back to the stage to put his guitar back on and they didn't even notice he was gone. Um, I've seen Dean drop his guitar, I've seen him get annoyed with his guitar for it being out of tune. Oh, that still happens. I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, always always fun to watch and always unpredictable because it depends what mood they're in. If they're, if they're pissed off, you can tell. If they're really drunk, you can tell. Yeah, it's always always amazing. So, yeah, if people haven't heard them before, um, they're basically a four-piece. They're from Lincoln. They never gig outside of Lincoln. Maybe get to Sheffield now and again. Maybe in Nottingham now and again. Um, and they've got about four or five releases um, well, over the years. Well, I think number five is coming up soon. Yeah, uh, and the, the thing about them is they're constantly practising and recording and practising and recording. And they've probably got, I mean, I, I dare say they've probably got, like, tons of demo material like just hanging around well they've, they're about the same time that you guys did uh, Brussels party was it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think Tiger Warsaw did a few kind of demos at playing aloud because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think my, Dean had got a Mac with Logic on it and yeah. basically wanted some of the mix and stuff and there's quite a lot of kind of tidbits around on the internet I'm, I'm sure they could probably do like a you know rares and like B-sides rare. album at some point yeah there's probably hours and hours of that to be honest because I, I know that they record at Adam's house now as well so mm-hmm. yeah um, just a really interesting band and the, the lyrics I always I mean Dean will sort of play this down as well but his lyrics are always quite interesting if you can make them out they're sort of some of them are a bit tortured some of them are a bit sort of he's very good at weaving um, almost like false like red herrings into some of his lyrics okay. and you think it's about something that's completely not about something. I don't think I've ever particularly, uh, not taken notes of lyrics, but you know, you know sometimes... Try, try and dissect them if you yeah, can, because yeah. they're, they're very interesting. I mean, some of my favourite bands and songs from years back, I was, I was sometimes listen to them and just go, oh, oh, they were saying oh that. that's what they're talking yeah. about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when I get into like songwriting mood and I'm struggling for inspiration, I was like, right, I'm going to stick this song and dissect it and go, oh... Really, <laughs> <laughs> I never realised it was about that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dean, I'll be uh, delving into your uh, dark and deepest thoughts at some point soon. Yeah, if, he, if he's listening, he's probably turned off by now. Anyway, out of disgust. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, is is that the last song we're going to play tonight? Uh, yeah, I reckon that's probably a, a, a good amount. I mean, again, <laughs> I've got more on this playlist. We could talk about Tiger Warsaw for another twenty minutes. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll um, I stuck a few different things. I'll I'll, I'll do a summarise of some random. Okay, bits so and bobs. here's here's the uh, selected um, sort of highlights that we didn't get to record. Well, I I, I don't know if it necessarily would have gone right on this uh, kind of podcast anyway, but I quite often think as I think I mentioned earlier that I've got different listening habits as to where I am geographically mm. <laughs> if, okay yeah yeah so in the car I'll listen to old metal because I've still got all yeah. my old metal CDs in the car um, at home I tend to listen to a lot of kind of ambient and droney and I don't know just different stuff yeah. you know chill yeah. music etc so I've got a couple of them kind of bits on here um, first of all I've got Midlake if you've heard of them yeah uh, just a that that kind of overtook Purple by Baroness for mm. listen to every day for a long time, right. <laughs> um, you know, a couple of times. So it's just a really interesting and deep kind of musically band. Uh, there's so many layers going on. It's just like mm. one of them kind of out, well discographies that you can just get lost mm. in all the different layers and stuff. Um, there's Bonobo. Yeah, if you know them, yeah. yeah. Again, very, very chill, very sort of like uh, two AM at a party music, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. The particular track I got here is Black Sands because um, it's got like uh, 
I don't know. Like, I, I find a lot of like kind of like ambient um, trip hop. I don't yeah. know stuff like that. A lot yeah. of that's got a lot in common to do with, with, with post rock and stuff like that. Oh, definitely. They've yeah, got a I lot of the same tropes and stuff. Yeah, I think uh, to be honest, if if Arc Tangent was like any bigger, I think you'd start to see bands like you know ambient stuff being mm. played in, in like further fields. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You know, boards of Canada style stuff and you know bands like Bonobo. You know, just just like unusual kind of. Chill dance stuff. It worked really well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. they've got noise um, restrictions at our tangent though, because I think it all finishes at like eleven or twelve, doesn't it? Most nights. Yeah, pretty much. Like all, all the loud music goes, and they do the silent disco, which yeah. isn't the silent. <laughs> yeah, all the silent like disco. But, oh, uh, great fun doing that last year. Yeah. <laughs> what are the tracks have you got there then? Um, we again going on that similar kind of you know more chilled stuff. Um, a singer called Suzanne Sun for. Um, Norwegian lass uh, random, I can't remember how I got into it I think she actually, oh no here it is there's a Tom Cruise film called Oblivion, it's like a sci-fi film right um, and she did the back it, oh, sorry the mm. outro credits track to it oh, right. um, and she's just got such a wacky voice that wouldn't be out of place in kind of like a Bjork album or something Yeah. Um, that would again go really well in any kind of music Um and I want to see a live once in Hull when I did this kind of mm. city of culture thing. Oh yeah! And yeah. it was just her with uh, an acoustic guitar, a piano, and I can't think what it was. It was kind of like a a Rhodes Fender Rhodes kind of thing. Okay. Uh, probably yeah. playing to about five hundred people, and right. I've never heard a venue full. So quiet. So quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's just, I mean, her discography is a bit wacky. This is a really eighties album and so on. But in terms of again, you know, we were saying about the national earlier, having a general overall dark theme and yeah, like know. a mood to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. same kind of thing, which relates a lot to kind of post metal and stuff yeah. like that. Um, do, 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 do. What else is there? Mother's Cake. There, I, I have s- no idea what that is. <laughs> well, you know what your mum makes on a Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah okay, yeah. 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 Uh, that in musical form. Again, Anathema, one of my favourite bands. I've said that a few times already. They blew Anathema off the stage when I first saw them. Wow. Uh, I went. It was in. It was in Wolverhampton, the Slade Rooms. Mm. Um, I remember it being a really awful venue for some right. reason. Like it was just really packed in. Yeah. I just remember it smelling of farts. Lovely. Um, yeah. And just, I don't know. It's just, like all, be- all the best gigs smell of farts, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course. <laughs> uh, and there was this guy just filming the entire thing on like a really cheap looking camera just, with his hand, hands in the air the entire time. Why do people do that? Um, but yeah, Mother's yeah. Cake, they're a Polish or Hungarian, I think, band. Oh, okay. um, and they're just really, really, really good. Nothing like Anathema. It's kind of like um, the best parts of Mars Volta and Led Zeppelin to a bit with a bit of stoner groove and a good attitude about it. Do you know what, what I, mean? I think you might have told me to listen to this band before and I think I did listen to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically the first album, Creation's Finest. The, ne- the, the two after that didn't really catch me as much but my God, they're good. <laughs> it's just that, that album is just the right journey, so to speak. Um, and last but not least, go, this is what I was meant to say after Suzanne Sun for, the Silver Mountain Zion, yeah. Uh, specifically, the song uh, the song could have moved mountains. Yeah, 
I mean, have you seen them? Yeah. Yeah. Again, oh, com- yeah. Uh, rescue rooms at Notting- uh, oh, Nottingham. Wow. That'd be a completely silent yeah. between. Oh, you know, while they were playing. I've seen them at Corporation of all places. Yeah. Yeah, in the big room. It worked somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah, again, I imagine that's probably similar to rescue yeah. rooms, isn't it? Yeah. Probably a similar size, maybe. Or a bit years bigger. Ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant band. Yeah. Like really. It doesn't sound like anything else. No, at all. No, no. Even no even bands. doesn't really sound like Godspeed, does it? No, it's about the no. It's a well side project or whatever of it. It's um, manic and and strange and yeah, very very yeah. interesting band. I mean, at that song uh, "Move Mountains," um, I think your brother played it to me mm. one day, and it was just yeah, I mean, the first maybe five minutes of it is just complete ambience. You know, you really need to turn the volume up to hear mm. what's going on. Yeah. And really strange lyrics. And then there's this really powerful string quartet just blasts you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, it's, it's, they had that kind of opeth thing live. I don't know if they did one either as well, but between songs, they would just go silent. And they'd go, so how are we all doing? Are we yeah. all enjoying the cider? And just talking complete, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, take you at the moment. nonsense for about five minutes. And he goes, oh, we should probably play another song. And it goes all serious again. And you're like, where, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Was he just talking absolute rubbish? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I love that when bands can take themselves a bit less seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes them a bit more human. Because yeah. that band can be very pretentious and very sort of like up themselves, but they're not. Yeah, well, again, similar to Opeth. Again, a, you know, very favourite band of mine. Yeah. Um, but I think last time I saw them, um, they played, they covered You Suffer But Why by Napalm yeah. Death. <laughs> Four times in a row. Brilliant. <laughs> right, so I'm, I'm assuming most people know that song the whole someone one second do, of it. Yeah, someone needs to do a long version of that song. A Some Doom album. version? Yeah, a Doom version. Re- I tell you what, right? Mm. Reform Temple Steps. Well, we have. And do a Doom version. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And do a Doom do version that. of You Suffer, you suffer but, why. but Why. Stretch it out to a minute at least. So it goes like. Doo, 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 doo. So we'll have to come up with a, a riff that doesn't one, two, sound three, like. Four, five. Well, there you go. You've got five notes. Da 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 da. Yeah. Just go. Do twenty seconds later. Do another one. <laughs> Maybe add a snare beat so in between. Like make it the longest single ever, from the shortest single ever. Yeah. There we go. I um, <laughs> I challenge you on that one, <laughs> and look forward to recording it. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown down. <laughs> yeah, <Brilliant>. absolutely. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to have you here this afternoon. Well, this evening. Um, and I think this, that's a really varied group of songs you've picked. So cool. Yes. <laughs> nice. um, yeah. So we've got a new release show next week, and then there'll be another guest the next week. So um, stay tuned. <laughs>